Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Binge Town TV. We are back with another episode of The Wilds from Amazon Prime. We are dying to watch episode seven and eight. But for you guys, we are a spoiler free podcast. So we've only seen up until four five and six for the specific power. Not we haven't seen anything on social media. We haven't gotten any spoilers. You guys promise no spoilers. Promise. promise. Emma's Best the Reddit control. Yeah. No spoilers. <laughs> okay. I, no spoilers. So we absolutely are going home and watching the last two because oh, yeah. we're dying. We're going to go in chronological order, four, five, six. Um, there is a sexual assault trigger warning for episode four. So dark, devastating, hate it. But just so everyone knows. But any initial thoughts before we jump right into episode four? I'm starting to love the boys. I you mean, are yeah, I, I mean, as I'm watching them more and more and, you know, they're becoming friends, I'm like, all right, now the, the boys are getting up to almost the level as the girls. But uh, I, I just really enjoy how they're telling the story. It's really cool how they're going back and forth. I said it last time, but it's it adds so much to it, so much guessing. And like this, like this is so much fun to do, like what, what we're talking about, like yeah. what we think it's going. Yeah, I think they're not going as deep with the boys' backstories. There's just not enough time. And I thought about that because we kept being like, we want more Kieran. Like we want to see yeah. it happening, mm-hmm. you know, and, but they're doing a good job with what they're working with. Right. This time crunch trying to fit all the storylines in. I'm starting to like the boys too, but yeah. it's definitely not the same treatment as the girls got for a full season of right. their backstories. Yeah. I actually had a, an opposite reaction, Alex. Like I, I really like that they're not giving us more of the boys Mm. Um, because I really liked that we got to know all of the girls and like how they got there. But I really like how the guys stories like we're really only knowing what we need to know in order to understand the story's progression um, and like why things are happening. So I actually kind of really like that. It makes it feel a lot more like intentional almost. Yeah, I think my only thing with that is like with the Kieran of it all is I'm actually way more not way more interested in Kieran than Ivan, but the Ivan episode made me be like, that was brutal. Like it didn't necessarily make me like him anymore. Whereas I think a Kieran episode would make me like him more. I think he's actually like a softy sweet boy inside. He's just probably had a hard life. Can we just say what a turn of events, what a Shyamalanian twist that (laughs) I actually like Kieran now. Like that is insane. In, in, I knew it. Yeah, we're we're gonna have to revisit those favorite of the boys after oh three God, episodes because Kathleen was <laughs> running the Seth fan club, so. and only Emma pegged Kieran as a likable person. I, for my part, had Henry, who came out of these episodes unscathed. He's probably still my favorite. Uh, Henry <laughs> had a great scene where he when goes, I was. "Yes." <laughs> a young boy, father. It was so good. Perfect. And uh, go on, Gretchen. Gretchen's like so. And go on. That was awesome. Um, it's perfect. And then she goes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, no! Yeah, he's so quiet that it was just so good that he just started like belting it at them. But yeah. the first few lines, I was like, I know what he's saying. But yeah, what is it? And then I was like, Oh god, what a troll! He's like, as soon as. Yeah, as soon as he said a young boy, Emily was like, oh, my God. I was like, what? And then he goes on and Emily knew it right away. Yeah. And also to going back to the Seth thing, um, Emily was like said out loud to me, like, I'm so mad Seth is a narc because he's so hot. 
so attractive. And I was like, I know he's so handsome. It's so annoying that now he, he's a horrible person. So I actually well, didn't have- we find out that he was the narc after everything happened. You find out right in the beginning of five. So four is when it yeah. happens, very end of four. And then five, they basically open up the the episode with him on the camera being like, hey, uh, like trying to like frame Josh basically for being drunk yeah. and being like, un- take away his credit, basically. But I will say I have two things I want to backpedal on. I did guess that Seth was a narc. I said, not only is he my favorite, but he's the narc in, ep- yeah. in, in our first pot up. But fuck him. Fuck him so hard. I'm so <laughs> mad I said that. Gross, gross. Hate that. Two is I, I was listening back and I said that Marty was being a little diva-ish. Um, and I want to take that back. I don't want to <laughs> say that. I don't want that out in the world. I love Marty. She's a sweet angel girl. I just think that she... <laughs> no, I'm just going to fully backpedal. She's not. I love her. Okay. We accept your Thank change you. of mind. <laughs> The apology door is that going to be someone every episode. <laughs> this is always welcome to the oh, pod. Come on, that was uh, that was me on um, on cursed and uh, what was your name? The <laughs> no. small redhead. What's yeah. her name? Take it back, Paul. You're still. I exiled. was like, you know what? I take it back. I love it. But yes, Martha has been going through shit like low key these three episodes. Oh my god! <sighs> and, and God bless her. And of course, she's the only one. She's the only girl that we haven't seen. Besides Nora, but mm-hmm. you know, to jump ahead a little bit, we got a little sneak peek. But and it's like, oh God, like something must happen now. It is it's it's horrible. Do you guys remember in season one? I just brought this up to Kathleen. In one of the episodes, they like alluded to her, like Gretchen and the other two guys. I keep calling them doctors and they're You mean season not. one, episode one? What did I say? Oh no, I don't know. Season one. Okay. Not episode one. Just I can't yes. remember what episode, but they said something like the blah, blah, blah family is asking or they alluded to Marty not being OK, but I don't know if that meant like. Dead or like we're starting to think and this is jumping ahead, like catatonic or something. Yeah, you know that's what I, mean? what like, I thought they, they did mention her, but we never saw her and it just clicked in yeah. my brain yesterday. I was I was kind of like waiting for Marty to like something to happen for her to die. Um, and then, you know, Me too. Towards the end of you know episode six, when she's really starting to crack, it's like okay, maybe she didn't die, but exactly what you guys are saying, maybe she's like in uh, a hospital getting better or an institution trying to figure out like how to recover. So realistically, she, she's in four walls in that scary prison. They're all yeah, in somewhere yeah. isolated. But. Yeah, I really don't think Marty's dead. I think she's literally just catatonic. I think she's like staring and has been because it's um, the last episode is day 40. Episode six is day 48. So they're two days from getting captured or or exodus is the last. That's true. This could be the reason why they get rescued. We don't know. Yeah, they don't know if they chose day 50 as that is actually the end. It seems like a clean cut like day 50. They were only supposed to be there for 50. But you never know. It could just be like, I mean, if they were excelling. Gretchen might have been like, let's keep them there and see. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, this which is up some- to this point, they weren't doing terribly. Yeah. While we're on it, somebody brought up the point that one of the parents, I think it was Leah's parents, were told that this was going to be like a summer camp situation. So ballpark, that's like 90 days, a full summer, three months. If the island portion was only scheduled to be 50 days, you pull them out. That still gives like another I don't know, 30 odd days for them to continue studies, which suggests that I think Kathleen, you might have said is 
this portion where they're in the prison cells is that part of the study still mm-hmm. and i guess kind of those timelines would support that theory is what i was trying to say yeah more and more i'm like i think that these people are ready to just pay off everybody to see what happens they're truly just like oh there was no end game with you guys we're just gonna pay you off like we'll take whatever heat we get for the good of the study you know because i keep saying Dude, with Nora, how is Rachel ever going to forgive Nora now? They just ruined that that sisterhood and everything. It's like how I don't know all of it. I'm like, how are they going to explain it away? But I think the point is they're not trying to. They're not trying to explain it away. I think it's just this is the experiment. And it's like that experiment on that HBO documentary where it's like they separate those triplets at birth and then they end up coming together and everyone's like, well, we just want to see what happened. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's crazy that was a crazy documentary great documentary <laughs> Sidebar. yeah great documentary also ruining the sisterhood aside rachel lost a fucking hand yeah that's what Correct. i would do that's the lasting impact for her mm-hmm. i was correct i'm gonna look her in the eye and be like it was just an experiment sorry bud <laughs> You yeah. proved my your point. Sister, your sister's fine, yeah. but yeah, overcame also, it. like the trauma of her losing her sister. The like, trauma for everybody. That, exactly. Oh yeah. Right. I mean, that alone is enough. Yeah, I wouldn't. If, I wouldn't if you were like, Rachel, oh, sorry, I'm okay, Gretchen. It's all okay. Yeah. Right. Like if you're Rachel and you see Nora, it's like, dude, how the fuck did you let me suffer for those, you know, three weeks or whatever that I thought you were dead? Because like she saw her, like she was putting her Nora putting her hand on the screen saw how much she was suffering and like i'm sure gretchen won't let her go but it's like come on speaking of that i just need to take a second to commend the acting of these young actors because oh my goodness they are incredible like sarah pigeon (laughs) i don't know how she does it yeah you can literally like see the emotions in her eyes Mm. there was one scene that when we get to, I'll explain, but I just was like, I, t- I turned to Brian and I said, I can see every emotion flashing through her eyes right now. Like you can just feel yeah. it. It's yeah. nice to see like a season two re- returning cast, like coming into their own and really like they've had so much time to sit and be in their characters, like between seasons and now season two. And the chemistry between them is amazing. Like the girls banter is flawless. It really is. It's so good. And it's, it's better than last season one, because again, writers hit their stride as well, but then the actor, the actresses hit their stride. But um, I bet you there was a lot of like ad lib lines or something like, uh, let's try this real quick. Just between the girls, just because like, they seem like they actually are friends. Like, yeah shooting these two seasons they spent so much time together i'm sure they actually are like like happy to be around each other and like all right like let's uh let's incorporate this certainly seems that way on instagram for most of them for most of them for most of them yeah for most of them i haven't followed any of them yet because i didn't want to see any spoilers or anything like that but i'm uh i'm gonna do what emily did and and deep dive pretty much everybody (laughs) you ready to rock I'll take us in. All right. (laughs) Episode four. Here we go. We got Dot and Fatten kind of just shooting the shit. I think Fatten's like scribbling in her notebook and they get to talking. They find out, oh, today's July 18th. Dot's like, "Ah, crap. It's my birthday. The The big 18. And Fatten is just like, it's like a deer hearing a predator. Like, oh, what? Your birthday? (laughs) What? What's going on here? And of course, Dot knows the cat's out of the bag. She's like, of course, she's just not a birthday girl. I don't do them. They're stupid, yada, yada, yada. Fatten already sees 
what's going to happen. And Paul, would you like to uh, drop the quote? Because I know you love it. Mm. Ice the booze and get horny, bitches. It's daughter. Oh, I fucked up. Oh. Story of these motherfucking birds. Whatever. Oh. I only care about the first part. The part Ice the, the booze part. and get horny. It's Dorothy's motherfucking birthday. Mm. Love it. Such Love a it. good line. Like clip that for forever. Tattoo it on our body. <laughs> An absolute yeah. legend. Yeah. So that kind of just sets the tone right off the bat for a feel good episode for the girls, even though they do go through it a little bit. This is this is a pretty good episode for the girls. We were even yeah. commenting on the last episode. Vibes are good on the girls island this season. Mm-hmm. Ever since Barb's crate showed up, man, it's like it's like a vacation. <laughs> Happy retirement, Barbara. <laughs> I, I love that they reference her as a person in these episodes or like like Barbwood or something like that. Yeah, like yeah, <laughs> Fatten's going through the box um, and it was like, oh, and champagne, like fucking Barbara, you dog, or like so, something crazy like that. <laughs> yeah, so this is when Shelby kind of, she's anxious about letting the, the boat go, I guess, and she's channeling her energy into planning this party and being crazy town. And the moment between... Tony, like when when the flower crown happens and I, who's making Shelby and Martha, I guess, or Tony and Martha. Um, yeah. And it's yeah. not good. And she just like shames the hell out of it. And Tony's like, OK, we got you. Like, I got you B or something. And Marty's like, who are you? What like who body swapped you? Tony's like, what it's only hot when she does it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sexy. Even. I honestly, I Love loved it. that scene. I loved the chemistry between Tony and Martha there. Yeah. Like it was just so cute. Martha was such a good friend. She was so supportive. She was just like, "Oh my god!" Like you love her. And we're <laughs> not in those we're, words, but basically, we're all like the viewers are all Marty too. We're like waiting for Tony to explode and like thinking about like how to calm her down. And all of a sudden, she's like, "All right, cool." And it's like, damn, like she really does like calm you down. It's insane. It's hot. How about the scene <laughs> where Leah and Fatten like intercept Dot because they're on like distract Dot duty and Leah just completely blows it. She's like, they're doing Tai Chi. <laughs> Wait, no, it's like Feng Shui or whatever. She's just so obvious. And Dot's like, are you okay? Like, what's going on? She's literally dragging a log. She's like, I don't know, found this log. I thought maybe we could sit on it or whatever. <laughs> These are like the chores that adult Dot is up to. She's like, I don't know. They're like, no, 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 no. I think Fatten even gets in a lick. Like, yeah, I need someone to help me slingshot. And I'm not going to give it to this nutcase pointing at (laughs) Leah. That was awesome. And Leah just takes it on the chin at this point. Leah, I might have to reverse. Leah might be my favorite of the girls. Fucking love me some Leah. Me too. Continue. I was pretty much on the last episode. I don't want to say Leah hater, but I was like the least hype about Leah. But I mean, she just keeps getting better and better um, going into season two. And like what Brian's saying, the way she kind of leans into the crazy part, because like she knows like I'm on an island by myself. Like I'm going to go insane. And she like kind of slowly sees it and just watching her go through it and joke about it. And it's so funny. And I don't know if she knows that she's gonna go insane but she definitely is going insane i mean and rightfully so because she's correct in that she's been put on this island on purpose and no one will believe her and then as these episodes go on you see fat and kind of be like oh shit and then (laughs) she's like don't dare 
It's Nora's notebook, right? That yeah. Batten yeah. has. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know. I'm like, how did Leah not see that and like rip it out of her hands at some point? Like I was blown away. I said, I, I think it was in my notes and I might have said it to you. I was like, where the hell is the notebook? Like I would imagine Leah would just be only looking for that. And I thought they would bury it with her shit. And then somehow, I, I, but I also see how it's a valuable tool for them to keep. So maybe that's yeah. It. But I just, it flew under the radar, I think, in my opinion, which was kind of surprising. I always understood it as communal. In the last episode, didn't we kind of talk about it? Like maybe she pulled them out and like threw the pages she was writing on in the fire or something. Yeah. Uh, I was saying like, how could they not see them or at least notice like all these pages missing? But yeah, exactly. It was communal because in season one, she even gave it to Leah to journal. And she was like, just journal, do the whole journal, what you see thing. Yeah. I understand it was communal. So it was pretty ballsy of Nora to put like all that information in there. And honestly, the way Seth to jump forward a little bit was walking around cutting all those microphones and wires. I'm like, these guys are on this Island scavenging for stuff. How do they not come across one of these? Yeah. No, just that's just me. Log. That was interesting. Yeah. Well, that is super interesting, right? Cause they had to build that fire pit. So they had to place the logs and then he goes under to like cut it, but it's like yeah. under the log that they would have placed there. So like, it's it's a little nitpicky, like of me saying, oh, obviously they find that, but still, it's one of the things that just bothers me. No, because I'll say that I actually really enjoyed that because, of course, we've seen the cameras, but it is nice that obviously they've been listening this whole time. That almost felt like a nod to the viewers to be like, just so you know the mechanics of it all. I, I, I like. Yeah, that too, true. You know, and because that's something that we could say, like, how the fuck do they know what's going on by the water? How, who who's micing these people up? Like, you know what I mean? So it yeah. is kind of nice. But then no. on the flip side, how did they get there? They set it up all because, before. Because or... if the logs were all set up like that, then they would have landed on this island and be like, why are the logs set up like a fire? You know, like it hmm. could be Blake, the cake guy, the one who knows the terrain better than anybody yeah i mean we know that someone has come onto the islands after they've been there because like obviously they removed jeanette um, yeah placed the dead body and everything yeah someone yeah, saw like, someone last season who was it, it was someone... martha martha saw blake yeah when she was high which phenomenal oh, episode i love yeah. that episode <laughs> and then she, when she got the girls and went back they're like oh it was marcus so they placed marcus in the middle of the woods even though he got like taken away in when the tide came up. So that was like a big like trigger for, I think it was Leo was like, how the hell did this thing get back here? We lost it. Um, I remember that Marty, yeah. when she was high and the plane sequence with the um, dancing, like the choreography and the dancing with Blake, like the seven of him doing the dance routine last season mm-hmm. is like the Kieran dance this season, which I loved. I mean, cut to the feeling by Carly Rae Jepsen is the bop so of good. all bops. So good. I don't want to jump like, ahead. But... Do you also think of Siesta Key? I know that that's the theme song, but is I it? yeah, I didn't I actually <laughs> didn't knew. know that until I was like playing it so much. And someone was like, this is the Siesta Key theme song. Yeah, I, like, oh, I like yeah. keep tripping myself up and thinking that like I'm watching Siesta Key every time <laughs> I hear it. And then I'm like, wait, no. <laughs> <laughs> Great scene. Great scene. It's an awesome um, scene. But there's not much else besides the actual party. And obviously the party has some good stuff with Shelby um, and Rachel. Rachel is already kind of getting snippy with 
Shelby for being so hopeful when she's party planning because Rachel makes the cake and then she's like, this is going to be the best day ever. It's blah, blah, blah. And Rachel's like, this is not paradise. Shut up. Like, please get a hold of yourself. We're not like on paradise. And I get both sides totally. I mean, you got to make the best of what you got. But um, I mean, that's the start of Rachel spiraling. But she has fun at the party. That party sequence is when great. You say spiraling, do you mean going religious? <laughs> no, I just mean like she's she's as she gets drunker and during the day, she's having a little bit of a Nora spiral. I mean, but yes, that too. But and then she gets drunker and drunker. And then she says, fuck your birthdays when everyone goes. Uh, um, And Dot says it's her best birthday. Low bar, but it's her best birthday. And I was like, be still my heart. That girl deserves the best birthday ever for the rest of her life. Just I'm so happy. Mm-hmm. Um, I also one thing that I thought that was really cool about this episode, and I know that we haven't talked really about the guys yet, is just the juxtaposition, right? Like, first of all, the girls have made it this long without anything really like nasty within themselves happening. Like, mm-hmm. even though they've gotten in fights, they've been mad at each other. Like, they've always, at the end of the day, stuck by each other's sides. So earlier today, when Brian and I were rewatching, I like turned to him and I was like, "It's really interesting to me just how quickly the boys went Lord of the Flies." Like, that's what I wrote. <laughs> it's like, yeah. they're going like quite Lord literally, of the Flies. like they went, they went there so much faster. Like the girls still haven't gotten there, and then like the girls obviously only really got very drunk. They had the, they got high, and I feel like they might have gotten drunk in the fir- the first season. They had airplane bottles, I think. Yeah, they had like vodka, right? Early on, yeah. Yeah. But like this episode was all about their time getting drunk and how it was like a party. And then for the boys, how it took such a dark turn, even though it was a party at first. I also think that there's definitely a connection between like killing the Jaguar and monstrous energy coming out. Sure. Sure. I like that. Yeah, very You're getting a little deep with it. Yeah, I like yeah. that. That's good. Like they're celebrating the killing, like the monster on the island, but it's like, ah, oh, you thought. Right. Whereas, like, you see Martha, like, devastatingly upset after killing animals. So yeah. there's definitely some interesting juxtaposition just right there mm-hmm. between the men and the women. I like that. Took Martha a little bit to get there, though. Martha went around slaughtering for a few weeks there. Not at that first. Was- that was insane. Yeah. Not at first, though. I know, it but after so her hard. first kill, after that goat, oh my god, she was just like any animal with four legs. <laughs> and you come by me, you're fucking dead. <laughs> Marty the hunter. Um, but to round out the girls, I mean, I, I really liked this um, conversation between Shelby and Rachel. So basically, when Rachel freaks out, she goes. Uh, well, no, she doesn't really freak out. She's just sad, right? And she goes to the water and Shelby takes it from Dot and says, you're retired. Um, be retired like Barb. And so this answers a good qu- a question that I had, a good question I had, <laughs> um, which was, I did Shelby tell Tony about Becca? Because I loved Shelby's storyline so much. I thought that like her episode was so heartbreaking and good. And as someone who is, queer ourselves like we don't have to deal with that we don't have like mega religious parents it's such an interesting thing to see like shelby the entire season was obviously being homophobic quote unquote because that's how she was raised and her whole life she was taught that that's like evil and she'll be shunned from her family if that's what it is and whatever so i was like i wonder if we get that off if that happened off screen and obviously not 
I think that this is a confirmation that no, she's she's only told Rachel. This. I don't think this show does off screen stuff. If yeah. I'm being honest, like talking about ripping pages out of Nora's book or this, I, I, they'll show it at some point if it, you know what I mean? Yeah. If, and agreed. these are like plot advancing things I would, mm-hmm. I would categorize them as, you know, so, but uh, yeah, she told Rachel her truth and then all of a sudden got Rachel bought in on like oh you've been through some shit and then now rachel's on the god train which was an interesting turn from someone who's like just it just doesn't seem very hard you know that yeah that was a whole curveball i did not see coming but honestly makes complete sense you know uh rachel super unbelievably vulnerable right now after just one losing a hand and then two losing a sister trapped on an island um like her kind of turning and looking for something just to like help get her through. And the fact that Shelby was just kind of saying how she's trying to not get run away from that, but like her, her religion is causing so much distraught um, in her life, but then seeing how it can comfort Rachel too, um, even though all she does is give her a necklace and and tell her a few, you know, incantations or <laughs> I don't want to say I guess they were prayers um, but their mantra that was what it, I was, I'm thinking of mantra I like incantations now you know, for, yeah. forevermore prayers are incantations witchcraft up in that'd be better <laughs> that would be better I was gonna see almost see Shelby like trying to just I don't know give the good of it to Rachel and, and as she mm-hmm. takes a step back someone else is like stepping forward in it and because even Tony's like are you good? Like you gave away your necklace and stuff. I, I, you know, it's so quintessential to who she is. Yeah. But she, I think she's needing to evolve within it or away from it for who she actually is and has been like covering up, which is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was just going to say for myself, like I'm not religious at all necessarily, but I think that there is something about having faith in something, right? Like, you know, in, in Alcoholics Anonymous or narcotics anonymous you you sit you use the word god but i think that a lot of the people who are in those programs probably don't worship a religious sense of the word god but it's just um it's like something to believe in that's bigger than you that like gives a purpose for everything rather than just like here's some shit on a platter so sorry your life sucks yeah, it's a take you know, you away from being the center of the universe, so to speak, because I think in situations like that, recovery or grief, deep grief, you kind of need that, right? Absolutely. You like, need something to like energy a way elsewhere. to understand it yeah. and move forward. Yeah. Um, so like, I think that even if it's not Rachel taking it religiously, like she kind of laughed at like a baptism. She was like, no, like, yeah. you know, it's just, it's just believing at least the way I interpreted it is just believing in something. Whereas for Shelby, definitely like the religious aspect is a large piece and there's going to be a hard, that's going to be a hard way to separate the two because she probably feels a lot of shame for who she is. I mean, mm-hmm. we saw that in her episode, so yeah. So it, it's get it kind of ends on a darker note, but a nice moment with them for the girls after Dot's party. And then we go to the boys and it's just deeply dark, yeah. deep spiral. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is well, it's happens. joyful. And then it, it gets dark. It's like uh, what I write, like beast mode, savage mode. Like they truly went like primal. And then uh, yeah. uh, Henry leading the, the just yelling <laughs> chant. There's a oh, oh, just like screaming chant. 
I loved it. I was like, guys being guys around a oh fire, drinking. That I'm sure was... you guys were like, this is stupid. I, I'm like, no, I fucking <laughs> love this scene. I was watching that. I was like, they're checking all the boxes. Shirts are off. A little like <laughs> yeah. monkey noises. Huge ass fire. Beer. But yep, we're all good. He did do that. Also, he was coming off of his brother's bachelor party weekend where they literally (laughs) were just doing stuff like that. And exactly. Boys being boys. Pretty standard. Um, So like when we were watching that, I remember like looking at him and be like, yeah, seems seems pretty accurate. Oh, my God. Yeah, I I was watching that like boys are the worst. Like this is gross. (laughs) The only thing unrealistic about it is they weren't trying to jump over the fire. Because you definitely would I see a couple guys trying to do yeah. that. But maybe not because you don't want to risk putting it out. Look, I'm going to paint you a picture. You're stranded on an island and you just killed a literal fucking jaguar. You're telling me you're not going to celebrate <laughs> in the most ridiculous <laughs> way possible. Nothing matters. You're a castaway on an island. Make a monkey noise. Paul, me and you are on the same page as our resident. Oh, my God. As our resident dudes on the podcast. Dude. I'm going to give yeah. that the stamp of approval, uh, not the sexual backer. assault. I was yeah. also on your side. <laughs> yes, that, that was not on the checklist. That's not course. what the boys are doing around the fire. No, no, one. no, 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 no. no. There's three storylines going on. It's kind of the dot birthday on the girls island. Uh, there's not too much there. And then the other two are Leah is trying to work Roth in the prison cells uh, under the instruction of Gretchen. And I finally got a name for the FBI agents. It's Dan and Dean. The blonde guy is Daniel and the other guy is Dean. Um, But yeah, so she's in Roth's cell. She's asking him about what happened on day 15. That's why we're getting the story of day 15 for this episode. So it's what happened in the boys on day 15 and then Leah trying to coax that story out of Rob. Um, I'm not sure there's too much to discuss in the prison cell other than Leah is very manipulative and she is able to get that out of Rob with much ease. She's like being flirty and like, I'm like, look at this girl work. Oh my God. She is like years ahead of where she should be for 17. She's targeting she is, middle-aged men. She knows how to put yeah. it up. She knows what she's doing. Yeah. She is, yeah, she's got Roth putty in her hands. Although I'm also thinking maybe Roth was playing coy too. He seems to have this air of like, he's just letting things happen in front of him and seeing where it can run to. Either way, I'm not a, I'm not the biggest Roth fan. You know, I'm a Leah fan, <laughs> Kathleen. You yes, know this you. about me. <laughs> um, but anyway, she does get it out. Um, Although she stops him and says, yeah, they're listening, but me and you are actually allies in this. And I think she she messages to him like our play is to get more of our people out and in a position to help. And that's all I want to say about that. Um, And then we can get to the boys stuff where they're hunting the Jaguar. But Paul, what's up? Question. Do you guys think Leah stopped uh, Roth because she wanted to get more out? She didn't want to give. Gretchen and everybody the information or do you think she actually was truthful when she said like I don't know why I did it I just stopped it because like I felt bad no I think she was trying to protect him the former yeah yeah Yeah, I feel like she had a slight crisis of conscience and especially because what was on the line was a phone call to her boy whatever that is but also like someone who had been asking about her like regardless yeah, of it being like, him like if anyone was asking about where they were like i don't know i'd be like they're actively looking for me you know 
Yeah. Emma, I'm glad you brought that point up because I, if you hadn't, that's a legitimate voice point. Someone's looking for me. They could help locate us. But if any of her decisions after 50 days stranded on an island were still being driven by what will make this fucking 40 year old happy and want to <laughs> see me, I would have pulled my hair out. Yeah, I for sure. would have hated that. <laughs> I think that is the creepiest, most worst thing about this show is Leah's fixation with the dude. I hate it. It's gross. And I hate it because I know that it happens in real life. That old yeah. men are manipulating like these seven. 17 year old girls and it's like Ugh. yeah yeah it's, it's upsetting because it's not her fault like she no she was yeah. groomed yeah she was she did lie but she, she lied groomed. a little bit but also yeah. she looked oh way God. too young for that man to be pretty sure he picked this. her up at a high school he didn't do his due diligence <laughs> at all nor did i he was to. 17 and jk rowling like had a crush on me like not you know not turf not, not, not turf. turf not turf jk rowling <laughs> All right, well, she was the author of my favorite book. So. Yeah, at 17, it's okay. Me we too, didn't know man. she was a turf fan. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> anyway, the boys killed a jaguar, right? Sure um, did. Yeah. <laughs> so the boys are discussing the plan, and Scotty's kind of leading the charge. He's drawing in the sand. They're making fun of him because he can't draw a jaguar. And they all kind of are, I think it's like, Scotty and Kieran are having like a dick measuring contest about it. And then Seth comes up and kind of is just like this part of your plan with the spears is good. But like, you're right. We can't take them head on. And they finally devise this plan. OK, if we take everybody's plan, mix it together, we can do this, this, this trap door in the hatch that we found with the spears. And then they start delegating you do this you do this and i think this is where josh is kind of like yo spills can me and you do one of the tasks together and he pins josh off with raph uh roth roth uh to do their little thing so that he can have a one-on-one with kieran he's like yeah this isn't gonna work unless me and the muscle guy get on the same page uh so we get this seth and kieran scene where they're in the woods and they kind of just have it out kieran's like i see right through you bro you're like the friendly camp counselor but i'm not buying it tries to get up in his face that's like yo i see you you're the muscle head i'm not buying it neither of them are buying what the other's selling so these two just don't like each other yeah yeah, I love this scene. Uh, honestly, Seth and Kieran kind of confronting because because they seem to be like the two leaders of the guys. Um, and I loved it more when I didn't know Seth was actually like a narc. Like I kind of liked if that was Seth's actual personality um, saying like, dude, I, I know I have a weakness. I want people to like me, you know, so I'm not going to hide from it. Um, and then confronting Kieran saying, you know, I'm not scared of you. And all that. I, I liked it. And then all of a sudden I was like. This so this is where we get Seth's backstory. The only backstory we have. He tells Kieran like, oh, I wish I could just like fuck girls like you, which is first of all, this I watched four twice and it's the corniest bullshit I've ever seen. Like, first of all, him being like, OK, I'm just like spitballing here. Let me see. we got the hatch. Anyone we like put stuff over the hatch. So they like full. It's t- it's terrible on the second rewatch, knowing he's the narc. narc. I was like, oh, my God, this is so bad. And then so his backstory is basically I broke up with my girlfriend and stole her cat. It's like this boy is 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 nuts. He's a stalker for sure. Like even if he didn't know he was the narc, like that's bad. Like that's a bad bad look. If Brian stole Maisie, (laughs) yeah. Like I don't have a cat, but I assume that's like one of the worst things you could do. I mean, that's my dog. To be clear, okay, sure. Uh, And I do have have two cats. cats. You could look at that one of them. No, well, yeah, (laughs) the one that we share, maybe. Yeah, that's true. 
The other thing is that it's just such a power struggle between the two of them. And like the core difference is that like Kieran is actually secure in who he is, right? Like he was actually this popular guy that everyone liked, was really good at sports. Like he might've had a shitty home life, but like he wasn't actually a shitty person. He just is a bro and kind of a fuck boy. And like, he's a 17 year old guy. Like, I don't know, most guys that I knew knew at that age were like him but then there's also seth who wants to be the kieran like he wants to be the guy that everyone likes and everyone wants to be and feel very confident and secure in himself but in actuality he's very insecure and the way that he just like shows his need for power is um much more manipulative and like toxic um and i feel like it's actually very dark rather than Kieran's just like young and dumb yeah Yeah, like a harmless bro like Mm -hmm. he's he's just a 17 year old idiot although when we get into the like savagery of them kicking people out that that's a conversation I can't wait to have because I'm like they do a really good job at making me be like well absolutely fuck Seth but it's like well I mean we'll get into it I don't want to jump the gun Brian take take us through so I guess after that scene, they do arrive on the beach. Uh, they call it like a possum as bait and they have a bunch of spears. So they're kind of ready to go. Between that, there's a scene with Roth and Josh who have their side. And this one's kind of just funny because it's Josh describing his experience shadowing in the Latin X club at their high school. He's like, why haven't I ever seen you? Like I've learned so much. They don't like my parents wear some brewers and they don't get how their appropriation whitewashes the spirit of anti-colonial resistance. And like, this is so perfect because it's, it's fucking rough sitting there laughing. Like this is such bullshit. I can't believe like, I'm being lectured by Whitey McGee over here. I'm like, oh, okay, buddy. Dude, what's, um, what's the one line? He's like, oh, well, what do you prefer? Uh, Latino? Uh, South American? And he's like, oh, you could just call me Mexican. And he's like, like I can I can call you? And he's like, dude, I'm from Mexico. Like, says, it's, not, it's not a slur. He says, you giving me a pass right now? <laughs> yeah. like Legend. I love Josh. Good for him for trying to like he's trying to do the right thing, but it's like, yeah. you're trying way too hard. It's Even a- later on, like, I think in the next episode, he's like, Oh, like he won't drink the water because he doesn't want to quote abuse, privilege. abuse his white. Privilege. Yeah. It's like, no, this is about survival. <laughs> like, like, it's, oh, I love him. I do want to point out that right after they show that scene on the Island with Josh and Roth, uh, they go back to Leah and Roth in the prison cell. And Leah's like, why didn't you kind of like, take the time to correct him like that was obviously an incorrect worldview about the latinx club or what have you and ross just like honestly it's not my problem to teach him like that's his problem and he also says i've learned that you can learn a lot about people by just like starting conversation and winding them up and watching them spit out he's like that's the best thing about being the quiet guy like People just tell you everything, mm-hmm. which is why I'm kind of thinking that he might be working Leah at the same time. But I, I don't think he's capable of it. I just don't. <laughs> he's not on that level. No, 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 you can't out Leah, Leah. No, but I, I wouldn't what? be surprised if there is a third uh, informant. That would be something else. A third informant. I don't know if it would be 
just for the boys or if there would be one for the girls and the boys or if it's just for the girls even but I wouldn't be surprised like I feel like I feel like we're due for another twist at some point Mm. well maybe especially with the boys because they had to kill off to make it fair right maybe they still had time to plan and right and it was also Gretchen's son so maybe she was like I don't really trust him like yeah, get him in, get him out. He did his part, but she wanted security of like an extra like operative in the mix. Yeah, but so far, I mean, no, to I, jump ahead. We talked to every guy except Seth, who we know is the narc. And I, I don't think there is. Mentioned. I think that's a, a good idea. I don't think that there is. I think that um, Jeanette died. So they had to knowing that the boys started a little later, they ki- had to kill off one to keep the variables the same. And then Seth was a um, unreliable extra. I mean, Nora- but also so was so was her son. Like, how could she trust that he wouldn't out her because he hates her? Just yelling about his mom. That's all he did, and then his toe, and that was, <laughs> that was end scene. yeah. As we be. continue, there's there's one more scene before they actually like set up the trap and it's on the beach. Essentially all the other boys are making spears. It's Henry, Bo, Scotty and Ivan and Scotty and Ivan kind of butt heads uh, where Scotty kind of calls him out like, bro, look, you got a bedazzled spear. Like we're trying to work here. You got a man up and stop being so extra. Ivan takes like overly, if gets overly offended at that, calls him a short chode and they just like beef. Um, And it comes back around in one of the later. Actually, I think this episode, they hash it out, but it is worth noting. I also think these two are kind of getting a little cute with each other. (laughs) Kathleen, I know you said all these boys are kissing. I think Ivan and Scotty might be kissing. I think Scotty's like one of the few that I don't think is going to kiss a boy on this on this island. Him and and (laughs) Brian, your gaydar is so (laughs) off. I know it is. Emma, I looked at you and I was just like, honestly, I think there are moments of just pure camaraderie and friendship that I'm mis- mistaking for gay. <laughs> like, you said the same thing. You were like, like all of them are hooking up. Welcome to Ivan, it. Let's go. And I was like, no, definitely <laughs> not. Like, do I smell I love chemistry? Ivan, it's Whatever. sexual. <laughs> Every time. Ivan, Ivan holding a spear, like calling it Excalibur and everything. That was fucking. Yeah, I loved great. that. Well, yeah, that's when I, Scotty kind of like ate crow, right? He's like, oh. Like your spear did the thing, and I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. Oh, it's but, in the fire. Yeah. Blood all over it. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was at the after party where he's like, "Yeah, you were right. Like, way to be brave and stick up to the jaguar." Which brings us to the actual scene where they set up the trap, and then they're just kind of waiting on the beach for it, and they're all get. I think Henry's getting pessimistic, and he's like. Did you ever see the first draft of Bugs Bunny? And Kieran's like, yeah, I have seen that. He's like, no, you fucking idiot. Why would I have seen that? I thought that was like, yeah, really funny. Just good hearted bullying. Because Henry's like, what the fuck, dude? I like that. Anyway, then they hear a roar in the background and they go to it. Kieran like inches up to it and very quietly is just like, it's still alive. That thing like claws out of the trap. Are you kidding me, dude? Take care of it. All the guys run away. Only Ivan and Kieran stay. And Kieran takes care of business. Steps up. Good, yeah, good Kieran moment there. Act first, think later attitude, like Seth says in the stand-up yeah. comedy bit. Um, Obviously, think later because I'm like just close to hatch and run away. Zero risk. Right. Like zero, you don't have to like worry, like get close to it, just close the hatch and put a rock on it and you're good to go. Yeah, I guess the only thing is then they got to eat it. 
like it, you kill it, you get to cook it and eat it. If you like yeah. wait, wait uh, it out, it'll rot. It may just yeah. rot down there depending on how many days. Because you're always going to be scared to open <laughs> open the hatch. You're like on it a little bit. You're like I don't know, but true, true. Yeah, Karen was like, the- "Fuck it, I'm getting over it right now." Killed it. It was great. I know, and I I, I liked him for that. That was brave, um, stupid, and brave. But um, then the boys go savage, and they're hooting and hollering around the fire. And this is where the bad things happen. That's crazy. Well, also, Seth starts this night off by doing this thing that I don't know. I don't know if you guys felt this way, but he starts going around the circle, kind of like praising everyone in a way that's like, you did this and like, you did that. And like, he turns to Josh and like, Josh is like, (laughs) <laughs> like with whatever Josh did but like I don't know like I felt like it was super cringe and just like weird like like yeah it probably just drunk and emotional you thought the speech was cringe and weird like yeah the whole thing? I feel like we're gonna think in hindsight everything Seth no, ever has done is cringe and weird and terrible but I because think moving into it I thought it was weird like I just felt like it was like completely over the top and it didn't yeah. feel genuine like it just didn't it never has like it's like over the that's top. true it's his style of trying to assert himself and be a leader right like the camp counselor baseball it's like coach Alex, guy, like, like really trying to get everyone to like him alex i think you said on the last episode he's just out here white knuckling through life like yeah. just like clenching it like, like yeah that's totally what it's great is. right like twitching yeah like, like leah mm-hmm. but like not actually showing it like he, yeah. he's just like waiting to snap and then he gets pants and he he does i was hoping that that was the sexual assault the pants like i really was was hoping that that was gonna be it and then because we were talking about white knuckling we were the rest of the episode we were like like oh what's gonna happen i mean it what happened is awful but i was scared it was just gonna keep escalating and i was like i'm petrified i Uh, was scared too i had the same thought like i i remember like i think i was probably squeezing brian's arm your poor arm i'm sorry well you uh, thought it was just going to get worse and worse for like another episode and I, a yeah, half I and that, that it, it wasn't might take gonna... a while for josh to confide in anybody and i'm really glad that it didn't and seth even tried to manipulate the situation in the next episode to try and get a word one-on-one with josh after the fact we don't know if what... it was even get a word we don't know what True. it was but he you're had, absolutely right um you know but I don't know how much we want to talk about the actual sexual assault. I, for one, I think Emma, I was telling you, it was like, I kind of appreciated that they showed it and it was raw and it was portrayed the way that it was. I think especially considering what age demographic this show is targeting, which is, you know, late teenagers, like this is an actual danger. You know, they should be aware of shit like this. It's fucked up. It happens in real life. Um, and I've been looking at the Reddit. Everybody has an opinion on this scene. It was very powerful. I think after this season's over, it's going to be the scene that sticks with me the most. Um, and yeah, I, I kind of appreciated them including it. I also think it was, I don't know what word to pick, not necessarily important, but I just feel like people always take things all the way. And that's not to detract from it being sexual assault, but I feel like like I, I just we had so many Game of Thrones references today. I thought about like Sansa and Ramsey and like I just hated that shit. Like it made me want to die watching it. And it wasn't as graphic, I guess, is what I'm saying. But it's also painting the picture of assaults like doesn't look just one way. Right. Like and it's valid that you are feel that you are attacked. Like 
you can't downplay that. And so I think, I, I don't know, I guess if anything, it's, it's sending the right message, even though it's deeply fucked up and dark, but the right message of like, Josh, like stand up for yourself. People stand up for him. How that plays yeah. out on an island scenario gets crazy. And we'll talk about it. But uh, yeah, to your point, I think it is powerful and yeah. important. And, and, and yeah, it might be bad. Uh, obviously, it is bad for some people that view it. But it honestly, the next episode, it shows, you know, Josh and his reaction and, and how some people handle it. And, you know, a good way to, you know, confide in somebody. Or, I think that I was going to say the same thing that next episode does a does a good job of like one. I mean, we can hop into it. I, I was so scared that the boys were going to be like, Psh, Josh, what the fuck? Like, I was so glad that they believed him. I felt like too, like in my reading Reddit and all of that. The interesting thing that I saw is like a very strong divide in terms of how people felt if it was a power play versus how people felt if. Amazon Prime was trying to portray what a closeted person would do um, because it seems like there's a lot of misunderstanding in terms of what they were trying to portray. Mm. I personally perceived it as a power play and him trying to be like, you're an actual nice person who doesn't necessarily care what people like think about every word he says. Whereas like Seth is like, psychologically like i need everyone to like me and perceive every word i say as like positive and good and i don't know maybe that's just how i perceived it but i perceived it as a total power play versus like something like that and i thought it was interesting the the difference in opinions based off of those two ideas i i didn't think of it the other way but it could be I'm staying off of Reddit. I know. I can't wait to get into the discourse yeah. after we're done, but mm-hmm. it's too They're sad. doing a good job of flagging spoilers. That's so okay. I have been able to avoid. And honestly, in the last like day and a half, I have stopped looking because at this point, everyone has finished it. So like, yeah. but this, these are all things I read over the weekend that um, I thought were really fascinating. Yeah. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 